are a lot of things sold on the black market. And, you know, you can see why some of those things are commodities. But what about sand? Like, why would there be such a market for sand? Well, the sand trade is worth hundreds of billions of dollars a year, thanks to the fact that it is a key ingredient in concrete. But harvesting sand has become a really big money industry uh, illegally with a lot of shady actions that are going on. And our next guest has been writing about this. David A. Taylor is a contributing writer for Scientific American and author of Cork Wars, Intrigue and Industry in World War II. Uh, Thanks so much for being here, David. Thanks for having me, Cindy. Do people realize what a big commodity sand is? I don't. If they're like me, uh, they don't uh, typically. I mean, I've been writing about environmental subjects for years and years. And uh, when I uh, talked to someone and they mentioned sand trafficking, I was stunned. So I think it's a, it's a surprise for a lot of people. So was that enough to make you think, you know what, I have to look into this? It definitely, yeah, it intrigued me. I went back to a source I had written about wildlife trafficking before, and I went back to the source who had told me uh, some about the uh, international organized crime that was involved in wildlife tracking. I said, well, you know, is there something that hasn't been reported on much that you'd want to see more about? And she said, yeah, sand mafias. It's a big problem. And I thought uh, that my mind just could have exploded. Wow. Okay. What is sand mafias? It is um, kind of the phenomenon of organized crime uh, taking advantage of this entry point of uh, sand, this huge demand for sand in construction, uh, which has grown because of the way that cities are growing and the way that sand, as you mentioned in the open, is so uh, important to the way uh, construction gets done. Concrete, cement, roads, they all involve uh, sand to a large degree. And so where are they finding it? Where is it being kind of stolen from or trafficked from? It's often being taken from um, riverbeds and coastlines, usually in the same country as where the cities are growing up. So, for example, for the story, I uh, spoke with um, researcher Halanishi Yusuf, uh, and she is a Kenyan uh, researcher. She grew up a couple of hours outside of Nairobi. Uh, And she remembered um, growing up in the early 2000s, seeing these trucks coming to the river where she would draw water. And uh, um, by that point, she was going to school, but she saw them um, coming and getting, uh, pulling sand out. And Well, you know, that doesn't affect her. It just looked like uh, kind of something that people did to make money. And it was. It was making money um, both for the locals who would help with the, the, uh, the team's pulling the sand, but especially for the uh, transport uh, syndicates taking the sand to Nairobi, where it was in big demand. Sand is syndicates too. So is, is it because of that same reason then, David, because people don't really think about sand that it, it kind of happens like this? That's right. I think because there's, you know, people don't think about it. There's not a lot of press attention to this. There's not a lot of official spotlight on cleaning up the sand business. So it's easy for um crime networks to get involved. They don't have to worry about uh, uh, a lot of uh, you know, court uh, cases. There's not a lot of enforcement around sand. So then are, is any government out there responding to this? Because what are the repercussions of not paying attention to this? Well, the repercussions, as uh, Ms. Yusuf found in Kenya, was that, uh, that 
locally, it had a big effect on the ecosystems and on the communities in that area of uh, Makawani County, where she was from. It, uh, it, it kind of in combination with other climatic changes, it was, she saw the, uh, the, the farming in there got uh, much drier. She uh, studied uh, physical geography. So she knew that sand in a sense, especially in semi-arid and arid areas, it acts like a sponge. Um, so in the riverbed, it's important to have the sand uh, recharged. From, uh, you know, you can you can take some of it, and it will replenish itself from up upstream. But if you take uh, trucks and trucks full, uh, it makes it harder to replenish, and it hurts the uh, ecosystem, in, and it hurts the communities farming there, and it uh, causes uh, conflict. So she uh, ultimately. Um, uh, took a job with the, the community, uh, the, the county authority for uh, monitoring sand and made a difference. Um, and her experience became a model in kind of fighting back against this um, illegal trafficking that was uh, that continues to hurt um, communities and, and ecosystems in many places. Okay. And so where would you say, is there an area of the world where this is the biggest problem? You see a lot more, I guess, uh, press about like even the term sand mafias comes up a lot in uh, India and in China. They're the probably have the biggest demand because they're urbanizing so fast. I mean, China used more sand in three years um, in the 2010s than uh, the U.S. did in um, all of the 20th century. So it's a huge demand wow. in those countries. Uh, but it's you find it uh, worldwide. You find it in North America and um, Latin America and Europe. And uh, another researcher I spoke with, um, uh, a man named Abdul Kader uh, Abdurrahmane, uh, who was studying sand uh, trafficking in Morocco, saw it uh, in uh, Northwest Africa and seeing saw it uh, exported from from there to to uh, the to Europe. So it's not just a localized problem. And so as long, I understand that sand prices are, are pretty high, right? Like legitimate on the market sand prices are high, which also probably drives this. That's right. The rising demand uh, raises the, 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 uh, the prices and that raises the interest of more and more, um, you know, syndicates saying, oh, this is worth, you know, this is worth investing in dozens of trucks to, uh, to, to haul this stuff. So how do people know then, I mean, you buy sand for whatever reason, like how do you know you're buying it legitimately? That's a really great question because that's what's uh, driving this uh, kind of this underground, the black market is the fact that there's not a lot of certification for for sand. Uh, there are some national efforts to do it. And I know some uh, government agencies uh, have started to require this kind of a um, certification of where the sand is coming from. But there's not yet an international kind of standard the way there is uh, for timber, say, that the, uh, you know, the, the forest steward uh, certification model, the FSC model, for you know, making a clean, uh, you know, chain, the value chain. Um, there's, uh, it's still in the process. The, the, the UN environmental program has been trying to work on this, but it's, it's really hard hard problem to, to get your arms around, partly because um, people just still don't know that there's a problem. Exactly what I was thinking too. And you, thank you, David, for your time on that this morning. 
Thanks so much for having me. That's David A. Taylor, contributing writer for Scientific American, author of Cork Wars, Intrigue in Industry in World War II, but writing right now about sand and the sand mafia, the black market for sand. Now, the market for sand is worth hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars a year, so you can see why. And it's expensive right now if you need to buy sand. And so people buy it on the black market. But people have to know about the problem in order for something to be done about it, as David points out.